This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host... Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you? I'm doing great. And uh, joining us in studio, uh, former Toronto Maple Leaf and Buffalo Sabre and Washington Capitol, Mr. Louis Franceschetti. Good morning, Louis. Morning, gentlemen. How are you today? We're doing great. I think uh, we got the gloves where came off just before we went on the air, so it should be a lively uh Lively show today. A couple of guests coming up uh, in the middle of the hour. Canadian Soccer Hall of Famer Carmen and Marcantonio will be talking TFC and all things soccer. Shortly after the first break, we're hoping to have on Brent Peterson from the Nashville Predators color commentator. But uh, a little forewarning, we've had problems contacting him this morning. So we'll, we'll keep trying. But uh, if not, we've got a lot of lively topics that can uh, take up the slack. And the first topic we want to go into... Uh, since we have you here today, uh, Lou, uh, the New York Yankees, Naz, the Toronto Blue Jays, um, let's start off with the Blue Jays. Um, they keep keep bumping up against the 500 barrier, and now they're in a little bit of a, a losing streak at uh, three games, if I'm not wrong. Uh, a, a game on Friday that um, sort of uh, a little bit of a bellwether for the season as uh, they go into the bottom of the ninth. I hope I got the game right. Um, um, they got a two uh, two out uh, uh, couple of run lead and uh, three were three run lead. Yeah, and they can't come into the game. Uh, they can't. Osuna at that moment in time wasn't brought into the game, and I guess we didn't find out till yesterday uh, the issues that he's got, and that's. Uh, you know, he's been the top, he's probably the top reliever in baseball. Uh, For the past month and a half, he yeah, has been. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he's a young kid, uh, 22 years old, and has faced a lot of pressure very young in his career, and I'm a little bit concerned about what's going on. But uh, the Jays, it's a critical point in the Jays' season. Uh, we're, we're bumping up against the end of June. It's July, and all that happens at the end of July we were hoping they were going to take a little bit of a run, and a little bit of the run that they've taken uh, this week, unfortunately, has been the other way. Uh, they don't have, I think they're running out of their margin for error, and um, they got a couple of two, three, four weeks, whatever, to turn it around. What's uh, what's going on? Well, you're missing your your uh, best starting pitcher from the beginning of the year, basically, and Sanchez, and now it's hurting them because every four or five starts, they don't have that guy to shut it down. And uh, you need that type of pitching. And New York's going through the same thing. They're, their pitching has not been good either. And without pitching, you can't win. And uh, to shut them down in the ninth inning, even though Asuna wasn't there, they should have been able to shut it down and beat Kansas City, and they didn't. And be, their be, pitching has, has failed them. 
Before we go over to you, Lou, and talk a little bit about the Yankees, because they've, they've had uh, a bad week and a half as well, um, is it just the pitching, Naz, um, or is it lack of clutch hitting? Uh, have the, has the hitting let them down? Tulowitzki isn't, uh, you know, quite frankly, um, he hasn't, I don't, I think it's fair to say he hasn't performed to the level that was expected from him. Uh, he's certainly been um, his fielding gelled the um, gelled the infield in their run last year, um, and 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 of course the year before. In fairness, they had a pretty good infielder. Ryan Goins is a pretty good shortstop yeah. too defensively. So. But I, I don't I don't think they're getting what they would have expected from uh, Tulowitzki. His his hitting hasn't been in the American League what it was in the National League. Um, you know, Don- Donaldson's been hurt. Um, you know, he's obviously because of the games he's missed. He's, in, you know, we've got used to him as an MVP player. Um, is it just the pitching? I think it is. I think pitching is so important. It doesn't matter how much you hit. If you don't pitch, you can't win. I completely disagree with you right there. This team has, uh, this team has lived and died with the home run over the last four years. Uh, they got no speed on the bases. They're not going to nickel and dime you if they don't hit the home run. They're not going to. They're not going to win any games. And Tulowitzki, they're paying him for his previous uh, record. You look at his record what he had in Colorado, where they paid him the twenty million dollars. And ever since he's come here, he's more or less he's hit and he's played like a five million dollar or even a two million dollar man. It's just unfortunate that we're fortunate that he's gelled in, into this team. And he's he hasn't had to stand out, but he's not worth the twenty million dollars. No, no, there's no question. He's so, not worth so they're paying him for past, uh, for past performances, and it's been like that. Uh, that's why Colorado got rid of him because they, there was no way they were going to keep him, even though they had the young kid coming up uh, in Colorado. There's no way they were going to pay him twenty million dollars for, and they saw the decline. Uh, so really, he's he's fitting in here, but if he was in a different market where. They, that's why he's one of the probably the first guys that they're going to try to move if they can move that big contract because he's got another two years that's of twenty million dollars. But, 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 the, but their overall their overall play is, is the same. The hitting. I mean, Justin Smoke is having a big year. That's right? the only guy. And Morales is you know he hasn't been the same as okay. So where's Batista? Where's, where's Batista? Batista, at 17? Batista's the same as he was last year. Oh, is he? Batista wasn't very good last year. Yeah, either. he didn't have a great year. Okay. Last what, year. what about Russell Martin? Russell Martin is not having a great year either. Okay, but it's it, you need pitching, Lou, and if you don't have pitching, you're not going to win. It's, some, it's, it's just like goaltending. Okay, well, pitching like you're right. You're is right. Win, right. win your championships. You're right. But they can't. Li- last year they had no injuries. This year they got a bunch. Oh, of they injuries. got a ton of injuries yeah. now. Okay, but Estrada maybe was it was the guy that they that pitched in my in Milwaukee three years ago. AJ Happ's thirty four years old. Happ's pitched well okay. the last two or three games. Uh, Marcus Stroman's five foot ten. What's that well, got to do? Yeah, well, it's got a lot to <laughs> do with it. Stroman until the last with start or two has been pretty good. Would, would you take a guy that's you six can't, foot four? You you're, missing, be... you're missing your best starter. Sanchez has been missing from the beginning of the year. That's, you know, probably seven, eight wins. So is that is that the way you're going to use an excuse? No, I'm just saying that injuries okay. have, have occurred, and it's, it's occurred to I mean, everybody, to be, to, not just the Jays. Okay. To be fair, okay, to be fair, um, yeah, last year they didn't have the injuries they, they're having this year, and that, you know the injuries have impacted, you know, significantly impacted their performance. So, and that can happen any team. That's professional sports. 
You know, it's, you know, you can't, you know, in, in, in when, when, you know, you can only have so much depth in a salary cap era. You know that. Um, so if, oh, if you no if, cap in baseball, though, well, well there's luxury tax. Yeah, well, they, tra- yeah, they traded right. it all away. Right. And <laughs> they I mean, traded all their there, prospects there's, away. There, there's no cap in baseball, but you're only going to spend a certain amount of yes, money. Yes, that's true. You know. Uh, unless you're the Yankees, the Red Sox, or the and Dodgers, the Yankees aren't spending either. Whatever. Boston has been, but okay, so so they've been hit with injuries. Okay, but l- let's see where we are, and let's see where we might be able to take this the rest of the year. There, Naz, you, you uh, you're more of a stats guy than I am. How far are they out of the wild card right now? Three games. Three games. Which is which is it's you know it's interesting that we all dump on the Blue Jays, and and I, certainly the point of this conversation is not to dump on the Blue Jays, just to make a rational assessment in terms of what's going to happen between now and the end, end of July. And and the only point I was making, if they lost three, you know the 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 the. The difficulty with Osuna right now is creating uncertainty. Certainly, you know, if Osuna's out for a significant period of time, they have no they're, in, de- they're in deep trouble. I mean, somehow they've got to get, he's got to get over these anxiety issues and with all, and we ho- certainly hope that he does. I mean, he's a human being, you know, and we feel for him and whatever he's going through, we, we certainly hope that it's dealt with. Um, uh, from a baseball perspective and also from a human perspective, obviously being you know a young man at the age of 22, you don't like to see you don't like to see them go through this. But we're only three games out, Lou, and we got the month of July. And Naz makes a fantastic point. Uh, to me, Sanchez can be the best pitcher in the American League, and he hasn't been there, and he's coming back. They get Osuna, they get they you know they get some of the injury guys have come back, and you know as well as I do, Lou, when you hit the long ball. Uh, your hitters are streaky, and if, and if they all get hot at the same time, you got to agree with me. There's a scenario here where it it wouldn't be that difficult for the Jays to that make whole, to the, make the playoffs in this area of mediocrity. Really, Wally, the whole division plays uh, for the homer. Basically, Tampa Bay is playing for the homer too. They they've impressed. Eh? Their hitting has been very very good, but a lot of the teams are going for the home run right now. And the Yankees play that way. They're not a speed type team. Well, I'm not I saying mean, they they're, are. They're a slugging team, and so are the Jays. And you're right. You, you, uh, you, Sanchez is a very important part. If you don't have your best pitcher, he's out the there, ace. You mean, I mean, quite frankly, he's when he's going full tilt. <coughs> that's uh, like taking Kershaw me, from he, the Dodgers. Yeah, he's right? the ace of that staff. And uh, just we got a couple of minutes before we go to break. Really, really quickly, Lou. Uh, uh, you know, we, we got an opportunity for you to bring us up on the state of the Yankees. Uh, you know, you uh, you always take. Uh, the opportunity to take shots at all us Blue Jays guys and uh, Yankees well, mostly haven't Jose. <laughs> Yankees uh, haven't been doing that well. They're two and eight in the last, uh, um, I guess, couple of weeks. And um, what I know, we, we talked about what's going on there. Their pitching hasn't been great. Um, where are the Yankees going between now and uh, whenever? Whenever uh, are they? Are they going to turn this thing around? Well, it's it's going to be again. It, it's a long season. Uh, a lot of the players were way, were, were hitting way over their uh, their heads in the last six weeks. Uh, when they went out west, there was four games that they should have won. And late pitching and, and starting pitching wasn't uh, acceptable or wasn't to standards that they had the first uh, month and a half. And that's where they took a beating. Uh, they should have. They walked into Oakland. They got swept. They hardly ever do that. And they walked into. Uh, the Angels and and they beat them. I think two or three or three or four. 
So it's just one of those things, I guess we, we all go through those uh, little slumps, but it, anybody that goes out west, they know they're going to have a tough time, just like the Jays did. Uh, and they didn't come through with a, with flying colors. It's more or less, uh, right now, they guess they're treading water. They're hoping that Sabathia comes back. Um, Severino hasn't pitched well. Tanaka had a great game the other night against uh, Darvish. Uh, shut him out for eight innings, and the Yankees won 2-1. to one. But it's it's going to be, a, like everybody says, it's a it's a it's a marathon. Do you know that Houston's the only dominant team in the American League right now with their record? Yeah. Everybody else is mediocre, mediocre at best. I mean, uh, Boston's not playing well. The Yankees aren't playing well. The Jays aren't playing well. Kansas City has bounced back, and they're well, starting. They, they never won their last two, two, three games over five hundred now. So it depends on who's streaking, who's not. But the whole league, except for Houston, Houston's the dominant team. Everybody else is slumping. Well, you know, you you bring up that the Jays are four games out of a wild card. You've got almost eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah eight, eight, they're all there. It's all not there. two or three. So when you have the more more of the teams, it's going to be harder for them to jump yeah. over teams because everybody's right in that they're, little uh, they're, they're, pocket. They're, I mean, it's it's a I mean, it's a toss up really, and it it really comes down to baseball. Seems to be it's the team that gets hot. Right, right Jays go and go twelve and three in the next fifteen starts. Yeah, they're, nobody. Yeah, they're nobody right will be it. talking about them. You're right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I I think the key to the Jays is they got it. They got to get healthy. Well, soon is a big, uh, big question. Oh, I, I still think the age, age, is, age is against them here, guys. Against Osuna? No, against age is team. against, uh, against the, the, the Jays. Because you got to look. People don't realize when you get over thirty, and you're playing on artificial turf, the legs, the body, the knees—they take a beating. beating. Yeah. They take a beating. And if you haven't got the right replacements to give these guys days off, and I don't know why Gibbons doesn't give Batista, uh, Donaldson, uh, oh, all he, those he's guys. He's been resting Donaldson a bit. Yes, he ha- but only because he's injured. Yeah. Okay, now so Donaldson's yeah, been resting too. Donaldson's knees acting up. Uh, Russell Martin is, is catching probably about 130 games a year where he should be catching about 110. Yeah. But they're paying him big money to do that. And when they're not catching him, now they're putting him at third base, which is great. But the body takes a beating once you play it. And if you're as tight, and I'm talking muscle-wise as Batista and some of these guys, I guess uh, Russell Martin this year came into the, uh, came into camp in the best shape of his, of his life. He's it, got it, a lot it, of miles you know, in that body, It's got Russell. a lot of miles. Russell Martin's but, got a lot of miles you know in his catcher, too. Yeah. yeah. Your, muscle, uh, your muscles are very easy to be, get injured. No because question. you got no cushion there for them, and I think uh, Greg Zahn makes a great point. Sometimes you need a little bit of fat on your body to 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 really give some comfort or some bounce to the muscles. Because if you're highly strong muscle wise, you're in big trouble. You take one wrong step, and you can very easily snap a hamstring or a groin. You know, it's funny. You know, we talk about all the teams. Cleveland was looked like they were going to go right through this past two weeks and go right and kill everybody and. Dominate. They they lose two to Minnesota at home. Minnesota's creep back into it. It's it's a it's a race that won't be. You won't see it until September. Anyways, uh, we've got to go to break, and we'll certainly uh, uh, be talking more about the Jays from uh, here to where when we get into the stretch run, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, hopefully things gel, and hopefully we get pointed in the right direction. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville brought back the large five-topping pizza special for just $13.99 for a limited time. I'm whispering because the last time Pizzaville brought back this special, there was pandemonium in the streets, pushing, shoving, biting. 
So order now and order often and hopefully you won't have any bite marks when this is over. Call Pizzaville for the large five topping pizza special at pound 3636 from your cell phone. Shh. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, we are also on 96.7 FM. Uh, it's been an interesting week in in hockey. Of course, uh, there was the expansion draft, there was the amateur draft, and there was the award ceremonies. And uh, there's a lot to talk about there, guys. Of course, I'm uh, in studio with Naz Marchese and Lou Franceschetti. Uh, let's start it off um, close to home. Uh, an assessment of the Young player, the young Swede that the Toronto Maple Leafs drafted yesterday, I believe his name is Timothy, Timothy Litchergrin. Uh, we still can't figure out how to pronounce his name. I've heard a couple of different pronunciations. But uh, the, uh, the uh, critical assessment around the hockey world is that the Leafs found a diamond in the rough in the number 17 slot. And somehow Lou Lamorello and Mark Hunter and the Brain Trust down at the uh, at the Air Canada Centre managed to scoop somebody from under the noses of all the general other general managers in the league. So certainly it seems like the uh, the neurons down at the Bay Street are working much better than some of the other places in the league. Naz, uh, um, from what I've read, I've uh, got to give a lot of credit. Uh, all kidding aside, you've got to give a lot of credit to Lamorello and Mark Hunter. Uh, somehow this this uh, Timothy Littgren uh, uh, hung in to the 17 slot, and they found him, and they snapped him up. Uh, so it sounds like a positive development for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, they drafted him because he was ranked right in the top. Last year he was in the top five. 
There was a kid, I remember back in, in Matt's age when he played hockey, there was a kid named Esposito. Do you remember him? Angelo yes, Esposito. Yes. And he was similar to that and ranked at the top and slipped, and he ended up nowhere. So this kid could end up nowhere, or he could end up being a great talent. You don't know at this age, right? Well, and, and Esposito was a dominant player back in, in, that, in that group. That was the PK-Zuban group. That, that age, and he was a dominant player, and he ended up nowhere. It's funny that you talk about Angel Esposito because I picked up uh, last month's uh, Hockey News, and there was a big article on him on how he dropped real fast, going from being the number one uh, so-called pick in that year in that draft, and he dropped all the way down to 20 and I think, I don't think he dropped. To Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, he yes, dropped he, a twenty to yes. Pittsburgh. That's right. He Pittsburgh, went all the way down to twenty. Yeah. yeah. He, he, Some he, reason if number eight up, stands in mind. No, no, he didn't. Sure? He went no, to he, twenty. He, he, went, he to went twenty to okay. to Pittsburgh, and for some reason, uh, attitude got in the way, and then injuries got in the way, and he more or less he just packed it up, uh, and now he's coaching. Um, he's coaching somewhere in Quebec. Well, the theory, the theory behind this um, kid that uh, the Leafs picked up is. One of the reasons he may have flown under the radar screen this year is he didn't have much of a year because he was out with mono, mononucleosis, and that may, um, may I wouldn't say scared off the other general managers, but certainly impacted his uh, his development this particular year because, uh, like you say, Naz, at the beginning of the year, or, or you know, at this the end time, of last year, he was he ranked in the top five. In the top five, yeah. Um, and the other key to him is if he if he develops, uh, he's a right hand shot on the point, and and Babcock just loves. I mean that seems to be a premium commodity in the National Hockey League nowadays is right hand shots on the point. Well, well, it, it's it's something like uh, Nolan Patrick. If he hadn't been hurt half the year this year, he was the consensus number one pick overall. Uh, coming into the year, and he would have been at uh, number one pick taken. Uh, with uh, with this little kid here, a little kid, I call him a young kid, uh, everybody's looking for the next Eric Carlson. Uh, yeah. You look at what, what D have done in this past f- puck-moving, good-skating defense, and what, the, what they've done in this past uh, two months in the playoffs. They're going to be... They're going to be prime target. They're going to be uh, kids that are going to be looked at, and, and everybody's looking for that next Eric Carlson, P.K. Subban, uh, Yo, uh, Roman Yossi, um, just to move the puck out because that's the way the game is going. It's, it's getting faster and faster. It's funny, you know, we were talking about Shattenkirk as a defenseman and these try- getting him in the free agency, but then you see a kid like Schmidt plays, right? Nate Schmidt. Yep. And yep. he's fast out of his own zone, and he's more impressive than Shattenkirk. He looked more impressive the way he played. I'm not saying he's a better defenseman than Shattenkirk at all, but this is what they're looking for, the, the, the guys who can skate the puck out. That's why Gardner is very important because he can, he can skate the puck out, and so can Riley. The, the, the funny thing uh, about Schmidt is when Alsner got hurt, and Schmidt moved in there, there was comments made that the Caps are really going to be in trouble because they can't protect Schmidt. And, it, and he was a difference maker in a couple of the games there because uh, his feet more or less got him out of trouble or got the Caps out of trouble. Where Alsner was more or less as, as a stay-home defenseman, he That's was right. never as good as Alsner was. Uh, he just didn't have the foot speed that, uh, that Schmidt got, and that's what got the Caps out of trouble a lot. Uh Talk about um, other aspect, of course, was the uh, expansion draft. Um, the Las Vegas Knights. Um, Golden, man, Knights. Uh, Golden, Knights. Golden Knights. Golden um, Knights. 
That uh, that owner is not going to interfere, is he? <laughs> well, he he got, looks he, like he's right in there with got, his team. He, there, he's got a lot of money invested there. So I'll tell you, uh, George McPhee will not let him get involved. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> McPhee, you know, I in terms of expansion drafts, I mean, I mean, it was a wild week for McPhee. Oh. He I mean he he seemed to have his hand in everybody's pocket everywhere. And somehow he ended up with he's got a he's got a surplus of defensemen, he's got more defensemen than he knows what to do with. He ended up with three first round draft choices in this draft, and and uh, you know picked up a couple of key pieces. Um, I mean, obviously he's got Flurry and Net, James Neal. He's got James Neal, and you know we can go through the rest of them. I mean, I I mean he just spun my head this week in terms of in terms of what he was doing. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't see the Knights as, as a doormat. I don't see them necessarily as a playoff team, but generally you get expansion teams, uh, coming into the league. And, you know, a great example is down in Washington where you played, uh, um, seven wins, you know, uh, Lou, when, when Washington came in, I, I think they came in the same year as the Kansas city scouts, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, they were, they were complete and utter doormats. Uh, they really had nobodies on their teams. Somehow, uh, you know, obviously the the NHL loosened up the rules. I mean, I mean the guy bought in for five hundred million dollars. You got to give him something. Uh, they loosened up the rules, and man, McPhee took advantage. Uh, they're necessarily, not necessarily going to be uh, an easy two points every night for the other team in the league. I think McPhee had a busy, busy uh, month, and a, month and yeah. a half because of all the players he had to look at. The players are. Uh, that were playing in the minor leagues that were going to become available, like the kid he took from uh, from Detroit, who ended up being the third leading scorer in the Calder Cup playoffs. Um, but again, the league did bend over backwards a little bit to, to make this team a little bit more competitive than the last eight or nine uh, expansion teams coming in. And, you know, he did a great job on, on flipping picks, you know, getting a pick from Winnipeg and uh, for not drafting a certain uh, a certain Enstrom, they only moved up. It's not that he got an extra pick there. He got a great pick from the Islanders for not drafting um, Ryan Strom and Calvin DeHaan uh, and taking Grabowski and Kuhlman's contract. So, I, again, it's going to see, we're going to have to wait and see what kind of team he puts on the ice. It's once, you know, everything looks great on paper. The draft looks great on paper. We're not going to know what the draft's going to be like till about four or five years down the road. He, we're going to see what... Uh, what he has as his final thing. And then these guys are going to be great trade trips. You look at Neil, you look at, I don't think Flurry's going to go anywhere. Uh, but if they're completely out of the playoffs, he might turn these guys around and get another first or second round pick out of uh, Neil. And look, look at the situation Vegas is in. They've been able to strip down their team without having to strip it down. Like most teams in the NHL, they're against the cap and they're saying, oh my God, I got to get rid of the veterans. I got to do this. And, look, and the Leafs did that. They got rid of all their, their surplus uh, players and salaries and they ended up restructuring. Vegas is doing that from the beginning. So you can see that team within two or three years being competitive. You really can because they, they've done, they have it already. The, the blueprint is there that you have to collapse your team, basically, to get it back up. They didn't have to do that. They, they were starting from scratch. Guys, really quickly before we go to break, and we'll be coming back after the break talking soccer with Carmen and Marc Antonio, Canadian Soccer Hall of Famer. Uh, Leafs lost uh, um, Leipzig. 
Yep. Okay. Any any uh, any loss there? Was was he going to be a key part of the Toronto Maple Leafs' future? Uh, I don't think he was because they got a kid by the name of Jeremy Bracco that's coming in next year, and they were probably identical. Uh, Jeremy Bracco's a little bit more dynamic on the offensive end. Leipzig's uh, more of a 200-foot player. Uh, and if, if you look at the draft, they've gone for a lot of size. Uh, the Leafs have to get bigger up front if they want to uh, compete uh, against the Pittsburghs and, and the, the other teams in the National Hockey League. No loss there. They, they have replacements in that position for sure. So not much of a loss there. The Leafs haven't really lost anything. Good stuff. Anyways, uh, you're listening to the Nazwali Sports Hour. We'll be right back after our break. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised that people may not know how many different kinds of ponzos Pizzaville makes. You can go Italian if you like a sausage. You can go Hawaiian if you like ham and pineapple. And you can go Canadian if you like bacon, beer and hockey. We can build a ponzo that speaks your language. No matter where you are from. Call Pizzaville at 736-3636 or visit pizzaville.ca. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Bridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto and we're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour Canadian Soccer Hall of Famer Carmine Marcantonio. Carmine, how are you this morning? Hey, Walter, good morning to you and uh, to everyone, Nas, and uh, I understand you got Lou Franceschetti. Yeah, there. we got Franceschetti here. He says he thinks he played soccer against you at some point in time, in the, uh, but we were just crunching the, uh, the, 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 the years of birth here, and we think he's, he was a little bit too young to, and probably not talented enough to play against you back in the, uh, <laughs> the mid-'70s with Toronto Italia in the National Soccer League. I saw you play many a times at York Memorial and out there, uh, Carmen. Yeah, you know what? I think, uh, Lou, um, you're a bit younger than me, but uh, we, we might have met on, on some field somewhere. Uh, uh, how old are you now, if I may ask you? I'm 59. 
59, so we're close. I'm we're we're all there. I'm we're sent- there, we're close, so we might have met somewhere because I know you were a very good soccer player. Uh, I day. wish you hadn't have said that, Carmine, because... Uh, <laughs> thank, thank you for telling that. <laughs> I, I always thought I was always a better soccer player than Lou, so now I now not only do I have to listen to him tell to me that he played in the NHL and he was a better ball hockey player, now I gotta now he's going to tell me he was a better soccer player than me, too. Thanks for that, Carmine. Anyways, Carmine, we've got uh, just, to change, uh, just to change tracks a little bit... Uh, Certainly the, the, the big team in Toronto right now, without question, they are at the top of the, uh, of the league, uh, MSL, is TFC. And uh, they're, having, uh, they're having a great year. Uh, they're getting outstanding performances from Altador. Uh, Jovenko, of course, is Jovenko. He may not have been. He's injury trouble. May not have been at the same level as the two previous years, but... In my assessment, still the best player in MSL, and we've got this great new midfielder, Vasquez, uh, who's who's at, who's an abs a Spanish midfielder who's an absolute joy to watch. Um, uh, your assessment so far? We haven't had a chance to catch up with you until now. Uh, your assessment so far of this uh, TFC and uh, how great they're doing? Yes, uh, you heard it right on. I think uh, Walter is um, you know they're doing great. It's uh, probably right now the best team. Uh, in the league, I mean, they showed it last year towards the end of the season. They they clicked together. I think uh, we gotta give credit first and foremost to Greg Vanny, the coach. I, I think he's got him playing in a system that suits the team with the three in the back, They're doing a tremendous job. And you always, uh, you know, great teams are always uh, very good defensively. Doesn't matter what sport, uh, you know, in this case, soccer, football. Uh, you know, TFC's got a tremendous uh, defense. Uh, they don't concede much. Uh, with you know, the goal is, is quite good. The bono is getting better with with time and with age. And uh, uh, who surprised me in the back this year is that Zalayeta is playing with co- mo- much more confidence than last year. He's not making the mistake that he did in in the past. Uh, Drew Moore, of course. You know, he's, he's back because he has some health issues, but he's back and he's always very dependable, very steady defender. I think he's a bit of an unsung hero in the back. And the good also in the back, the, the good addition was the French. Uh, I think it's Mawinga, if I remember well his, uh, his name. Um, you know, in the back, he's, he's been very steady. But you're right, the key to this team is uh, Bradley, the designated players. Are playing at the top of their games, and uh, you know Bradley, the general, he's been fantastic. I think he's playing his best football of his career. Altidore has probably been since he came back from injury last year. He's being a top of, of uh, the best player, you know, for in the up front. And Jovinko, you know, Jovinko can always do magic. I mean, he's got great feet. He's got he's a, he's a very good player, as you mentioned, Walter. He's probably one of the best players, if not the best uh, forward in the league. This year has been a bit underachieving because he's had a couple of issues with the injuries. But uh, you saw last game, he can turn it on anytime he wants and um, he could always create and, and score. So it's a great assessment. I think it's exciting for soccer fans in the city. Uh, actually, I think it's exciting for the city, for any fan, because... Uh, we got, you know, TFC that's doing great. We have the Leafs with a young team that uh, 
doing tremendous. Uh, the, 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 the Raptors have been doing, have been uh, always uh, in the playoffs in the past two, three years. And, you know, the Jays are so, so they still have a chance. So, so it's exciting time uh, in sports in Toronto, I think, uh, well, you know. Carmen, the, the TFC has played without, they've played together only one game this year. Bradley, Jovenko, and Altidore. And look at the depth they have. It's incredible. They've only played one game together the whole season. Oh, is that right? I, I didn't know that statistic. Uh, yeah, about, they, uh, uh, yeah, because of injuries, I guess, because of national, yes. uh, national playing duties. Uh, so you probably, you know, I guess you looked it up, and uh, you're right. I mean, uh, this is a team that, uh, you know, it's got a formation that... Uh, if, if the starting eleven, as far as I'm concerned, when they're on the field, that's probably, uh, you know, probably their best formation with uh, Bone and Net and a better show on the, on the right flank and Zalayeta, Drew Moore and uh, Hagland got got injured, but he was replaced very very soundly by this uh, French player Mavinga, I believe. And uh, you know, then uh, we, you're right. We, I didn't know that Bradley. The other surprise for me at midfield is young Marky Delgado. I think when he's come in, uh, the the team is a lot more balanced. Unfortunately, Osorio lost his position because he's. I'm saying, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately because he's a Canadian boy, and we always love to see Canadians on the field. But Marky Delgado, you know, he probably at this point is on top of his game and deserves to start ahead of Osorio. But you're right. The, the, the difference maker, though, are those three, you know, designated players. And I'm surprised they only played the, the one game as a unit. But Vasquez is also, you mentioned Vasquez, he's been the biggest addition to the team because he comes from the Barcelona school. Uh, he grew up with uh, with uh, La Cantera, with the Barcelona um, youth uh, system, and uh, you know with the Messi and uh, you know Iniesta, with all the big guys. And uh, he went on to play in Belgium, I believe, in Mexico. He got he got some injuries, but he's a tremendous player. I think he's the difference maker for this season so, so far because he could create his his. Um, is uh, he's got great skills, great feet. So uh, I think this team could hopefully take it all this year. I mean, we came close uh, last year, but uh, they could repeat to go to the final and maybe hopefully take it this time. Uh, and on the, the soccer ball. how can how could the Italian national team let uh, not even ask uh, Sebastian Jovinko come back and, and play with the? With their team, with the with the lack of midfield creativeness that they have right now, you don't think he would be an, an asset uh, on that team to create a little bit more offense than they have? Well, Walter, I think uh, Jovinko, yeah, he, he was called a couple of times by the previous coach, Conte, who had him with Juventus. You know, when you play away from uh, from uh, from home in Italy, uh, it's very difficult for for a player. Uh, Italian players to be called. You know, even, uh, oh, the players are playing in China and they're playing in England. Uh, and Jovinko probably could still play. I think he's at the level now, the prime of his uh, uh, career. He's only 29. I think he's just turning 30. That he could still be an asset for, for, the, for the national team. But, uh, you know, Italy has a lot of 
talented players. And I, I was watching the game yesterday of the, the under-21 European Cup, and Italy beat Germany and qualified for the semifinals. So there's a lot of good young players, and, and Jovingo playing abroad, I think, even when he, you know, he didn't play much when he was with Juventus. So, you know, he's, it's very difficult for somebody playing abroad as well as he's doing to play for the national talent team. So, you know, hopefully he gets called the call by the national coach Ventura, the new coach. Anyways, uh, Carmine, we've been uh, thrilled to have you this morning talk about, uh, talk about uh, TFC and, and soccer in general. Uh, sounds like you're out there. You got some cars might be whizzing by you. Be careful out there, my friend. Yeah, no, I'm parked. Uh, <laughs> even though if you hear cars coming by me, I'm not driving. Okay, I'm good. Parked, and but it's always a pleasure to speak, like well, I like to call and we'll, football. Hopefully, we'll let you guys. No, thank Carmen. It's always a pleasure, and uh, we appreciate your soccer insights. And there's a lot of soccer that's going to take place. In a lot of, we got World Cup coming up next year. Uh, we got TFC, who uh, we think uh, and we're hopeful they're going to make a great run in the playoffs. And uh, so it should be an exciting year uh, for soccer going through the summer and the fall and into next year. And we uh, we certainly look forward to talking to you about everything soccer from time to time. It's a pleasure and a big game, by the way. The, the big game Tuesday for the Canadian Championship, Montreal, uh, the TFC. Uh, you know, that was an amazing game last year, as you remember. Probably, I think, the best uh, sports moment, one of the best sports moments in the last, who knows, 20 years, where the, the whole city got excited for that uh, semifinal game in Toronto. That was an amazing. Remember, we talked about it. Uh, on, yeah, we sure did. And it, yeah, uh... semifinal. So let's hope that uh, maybe Tuesday could be epic like that one. Uh, it's always an epic game. Doesn't matter if it's uh, hockey or soccer. When Montreal meets Toronto, it's always uh, something it sure special. Sure is. Thank you, minute. Thanks so much, and be safe out there, my friend. All right. Take care, Walter and Lou and uh, Naz, uh, and uh, have a great. Uh, we will. Sunday. Thanks. We'll talk again. Thank you. Thanks so much. That, of course, was Carmen and Marc Antonio. And he, uh, i got to say, Lou, he entirely deflated. He suggested that you may have been a better soccer player than me. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to take I me a while. I think you said it yourself. I don't think he said anything. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Carmen, I remember his exploits in, in soccer in the Toronto area. And uh, in the mid-1970s, he, he is in the Canadian Soccer Hall of Fame, played on that great Toronto Metro's Croatia team with the great Eusebio. And uh, played some time in Montreal as well. He was uh, he's certainly one of Toronto's uh, great soccer products. He, he's, ra- he's right about the rivalry, Toronto Montreal impact, TFC and impact because they hate each other. Oh, and, and that's it's been yeah, that very violent. Uh, yeah, I was at uh, I was at that last game when they when they came back and beat Montreal in the in the second game of the of that two game total goal, and it was. It was just an incredible event. I mean, we were. St- I mean, the the BMO was rocking that night. Uh, was uh, the whole stadium was uh, was vibrating, and we were standing for almost the entire game. And it was just an incredible atmosphere. And uh, you know, I was just I was going to ask Carmen. Maybe we'll ask him the next time. Maybe you guys can comment on this. Uh, it's it's amazing. I don't know if amazing is the right word. Surprising. I don't know what adjective you want to you want to use, but. Um, Man, soccer's become popular. TFC's become popular in this city. They tried for years and years and years and years to make um, make soccer a go-to spectator sport in Toronto, and it it 
and it was sort of it was it was it was a second banana sport in Toronto. It was hockey. It was always hockey, baseball, uh, later on basketball, and and the Argos for all for all intents and purposes. And now you know, and maybe this may be a good segue into our Argos conversation. But uh, the Argos are not in TFC's class anymore in terms of popularity in the city. Popularity in this city, and I know Naz. So our listeners, I usually give our listeners an update in terms of Naz's wardrobe on Sunday mornings. Naz has got his Toronto Argos cap, and quite frankly, uh, Naz, when I picked up the Toronto Sun this morning, I saw a headline that the Toronto Argos opening game is today, and I, I didn't even know that. And they're playing the Thai Cats, and, and I'm I don't know if I'm Tickets embarrassed. Tickets are still available. I'm not, I don't know if I'm embarrassed or ashamed to say that because I am an Argos fan, but I didn't even know they were playing this afternoon, and they're playing at four o'clock. Uh, and it's their season opener against the Ticat. And my sense of it is, my sense of it is, um, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, is there's absolutely no buzz. I mean, we've got Mark Tressman's come in, uh, Jim Pop. Uh, there's a new administration. Seem, they seem to have cleaned a little bit of house with the players. They've got new, you know, uh, new, newly designed uniforms, which look great, by the way. But there seems to be no buzz. But they're not getting the word out, and that's the thing, right? You hear the sportscast. Like I, I personally don't. I don't listen to TSN, so they're the owners of the Argo, so they may, must be pushing it on their side. But you hear the other radio stations, you don't hear anything about the Argos. Not a thing. You hear about the Blue Jays. You hear about the Wolfpack and rugby before you hear about the Argos. So where are the Argos in the city, right? Do you know who the starting quarterbacks are today? Well, uh, my guess is it's probably the only the only <laughs> player I know, the only player I know, and and I, and as you know, as, as a host of a of a, a radio sh- talk, a sports talk radio show, I should you know should know better, quite frankly, but I don't, and I don't know if that's my fault or if that's the Argos' fault. Um, and and we had this conversation. I mean, to answer your question really quickly. Isn't it Ricky Ray? Ricky Ray. Okay, and Calaris. Uh, and okay. Uh, can you name me any other players on the team? Not too many. Lou? Mark Trussman. He's the coach. He's the coach. He, is the, he is the highest profile <laughs> of everybody. Is, yeah, and he and, and, and he's actually good friends with Joe Theismann, and yeah. we talked to Joe Theismann a couple of weeks ago about the Argos, and he was in town at the invitation of Mark Trussman. Um, um, I don't know. They would, they've got to do something better in terms of getting their message out, and I don't know if that's... Is that the fans' fault? I, I doubt it. Isn't that the responsibility of the of the PR department? Um, uh, I've got a personal issue with the Argos that you know you and I have discussed. Naz, we've we've invited, um, and I won't name any names, but uh, we do know our listeners have, you know, the one criticism that our listeners do direct to us from time to time is that we don't do enough Argo conversation. Because in the demographic of our audience, and this is Zoomer Radio, and generally our our listeners are a little bit more senior, um, uh, and they're they're big CFL fans. A lot of our listeners are CFL fans, and they would like for us to talk more about the CFL, and they would like to talk for us to talk more about the Argos. And we get emails from time to time uh, suggesting that we should, and we've we've extended invitations to the Argos that have not been taken up. Um, and you know, you know, we've got X amount of listeners every morning and they'd love to listen to Mark Tressman being interviewed. They'd love to listen to Jim Popper or Ricky Ray or, or Michael Copeland or whomever. 
and we we've made those we've made those uh, uh, overtures, and we haven't been able to interview anybody. But the only the only Argo interview we've done who's who's willingly come on to talk about the Argos. The president came on. Yeah. Oh, he came on last year. I'm I'm talking about this year, and uh, uh, is Joe Theismann. Yeah. And we pick up the phone. I call Joe Theismann. Joe, you want to talk about the Argos? Absolutely. Let's talk about the Argos. He loved my time in Toronto. You know. Um, and, and I've said it, and we've said it every year that we've been on the air here in NAS, every year the CFL season starts, I want to be an Argo fan again. I want a reason to go down. And I thought the change to BMO last year would be um, a huge moment for, for the Argos, but it didn't pan out. Uh, this year they've got more games on weekends, Fridays, because we, the criticism we made last year is you know it's you know a lot of the Argo fans are in the 905 belt they're outside of the they're outside of the downtown core and it's tough to get down here to BMO at uh, at seven o'clock on a midweek night a weekend like four o'clock on a Sunday that's a great time for a game so we'll see what happens Saturday afternoon at four o'clock you know Friday night at eight you know those are much better times so you guys don't you think that uh, the the dollar can only go around so much though I mean the Jays. TFC, the Leafs, the Raptors. Oh, uh, how much money do people have, really? Uh, I think the Argo. I, I, I couldn't, agree, I couldn't agree with you more, Naz. But the Argo, the sweet spot for the Argos chasing the entertainment dollar, is not to compete against the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Toronto Raptors. Um, their target market is families, because their price point um, is a lot lower. Um, you know, there's a lot of families in the greater Toronto area, uh, probably the majority, who cannot afford to go to a Toronto Maple Leafs game. It just, it's, it, it's just completely out of reach. Uh, I mean, some of the ticket prices for what they call their— The Raptor tickets aren't cheap either. Yeah, the, the, they're, under this new dynamic pricing model they have, it's just—a family can't afford it. Let's be serious. So the Argos, their niche market is, is, uh, is a mother or a father— um, with a couple of kids, uh, can head down there for a hundred bucks, and you know, and hopefully get down there with public transportation or uh, or park at a reasonable rate. They haven't been able to attract that market so far for whatever reason. TFC seems to be a different market, Lou. Uh, it, it really it's, does. It seems to be more of a young hipper market rather than fam. I mean, I don't know. You tell me. Well, you got to remember the first couple of years that they came in, you couldn't get a seat at TFC game. Uh, it, it's just remarkable how soccer has taken off, like you've said earlier. But they also have that big academy north of the city that a lot of kids, uh, and I'm especially looking at a lot of not necessarily Canadian boys, but we're talking since our city has gone really more of a very, very cultural city now with all different kinds of kids coming in, there's a lot of different type of uh, ethnic backgrounds that these kids are, you know, parents... They gravitate towards yeah, soccer. Be, because... It's football's be, yeah, not be, their game. Football's not their game. Hockey's too expensive. Baseball, they don't understand it. So they're, they're gravi- gravitating their kids to, to more or less to playing soccer because it's very inexpensive. And that academy up north, it, that's taken off like it leaps and bounds. And that's where these kids, and that's why Canadian soccer right now, or even soccer in the city of Toronto, has taken off really well. Let me ask you guys this. I mean, Naz and I, you know, we, we grew up together. We played high school football together. Um, 
and uh, we fell in love with football probably at grade two, grade three, grade four, and, we, we, and it was touch football. It wasn't tackle football. I mean, when we fell in love with, with football, we, we'd go out in the schoolyards on, on an August night or a September night after school, and we played touch football forever. Uh, does that still exist? I haven't the slightest idea. Do kids still do that? No. To the extent that we used to do it? Um, I haven't got a clue. You say no. Why do you say no, Lou? I, I just don't think the Canadian fan uh, is after. Because that's, that's it, where it, we acquired no, our I, love for football. It, I think the NFL, uh, NFL football, it's taken over. And there's not a lot of kids that are, stuck, uh, that are playing football at the Canadian universities that are going down to the U.S. and playing. Uh, again, you know, we bring up TFC and you bring up uh, uh, the Argos. It's a tough ticket to come down into the city. And and battle the traffic that you, you're going up against the, the Jays, you're going up you're going up against TFC. Uh, well, I guess not most nights because they're playing at the same thing. But you know, why would I want to drive 45 minutes into the city, fight all the traffic against the 40,000 people at a Jays game, and then drive another 45 minutes back? And you're going to get you'll be getting back probably around. Uh, you get back late. Yeah, yeah, you'll get back real late. So I, I've always said the key. I've always said the key to. Uh, and it's and it's not going to happen in one year, uh, but if you want to turn around the CFL in Toronto, uh, somehow you got to turn it into a Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon sport, because um, you want to head down there with you know with a family. You don't want to do it at seven o'clock on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday night. But Wally, you know I brought this up when we started the show three three years ago. We brought up the fact that Toronto. Fans want to see the best. Yeah, I and don't that's one, with one you. exception is TFC has been very successful. Okay, but Toronto wants to see the best. They want to see the NFL. They want to see the NHL. They want to see the NBA, and that's a fact. And that's the way Toronto is. If you want the Argos to succeed, Butch Carter said this on our show, and I agree with him. Go out to Durham, nine hundred five area, where a smaller area you can attract. It becomes a family oriented uh, sport. And they gravitate to uh, to the CFL because right. in Toronto, it's done. It's done. So many people have tried this, and it hasn't worked. Uh, um, I mean, the, the, when uh, when Sokolowski and Cinnamon owned the club, uh, there was there was a huge talk about trying to do the stadium at York University, and I I at that time I thought it was a perfect location for a CFL franchise, it just in terms of in terms of convenience, if you could get it somewhere near uh, the 400, I mean, uh, York University is not that far from highway. I mean, you do need public transport, and, and that's I mean, public transportation. And the is transportation great, is there, but now. in the 905, you need you need what, 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 you need vehicle transportation. The beauty of York University has got all the parking you could possibly imagine. What about right? some parking? Not a what about Centennial Field and Etobicoke? Uh, yeah, I, 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 it's not big enough. But you can put well, a remo- have, removable stand. Yeah, yeah. Well, even at York it's, University, it's, it's you, would, you would have had to build something. Yeah. Um, the subway doesn't go there. But, uh, you know, the, the theory, I guess, behind professional sports franchises, and we've just got a couple of minutes left, the theory behind you want them downtown. Uh, you want them downtown because that's where, you know, that's where public transportation gets you. That's where the entertainment facilities are. That's where the nightlife is. That's where the restaurants are. That's where all of this other, other than the game action exists. Um, I'm not sure that model works for this CFL in this day and age. Vaughn might work. 
Font might work. That that situation. Well, but that work. you but know, you can't. That's outside the reality the city, is the reality work. is the Argos. They have to make it work at BMO. There's there's no turning back now. Yeah, yeah, it's done. You got to make it work at BMO. I think you. You know, you keep butting your head against the wall. Um, I think there's a lot of latent CFL fans out there that are looking for a reason to get involved with the Argos again. And um, and uh, I haven't given up hope. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, we'll see what happens this year. It's, th- it's think- a second year at BMO. You've got a more favorable schedule in terms of weekend games as opposed to midweek games. Uh and the bottom line is you've got to have a good product on the field, and the product last year was horrific after the, after the fourth or fifth game. Would, would the would the NFL sell out right away here if it was here? You're damn right. It, it would. would sell out. Anyways, uh, it's been another great week for the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I want to thank Lou for, for popping in. It's always a pleasure. Naz, uh, have a fantastic week. And to all our listeners, have a fantastic week. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.